Happy Mother's Day. Welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. My warmest happy Mother's Day wishes to all of you moms, moms in life, moms in spirit, moms in hope, moms in grieving, moms everywhere. You are seen, you are known, you are loved. Happy Mother's Day. And hey, listen, I reached out to my listeners and I said, what advice can you give from you as a mom to other moms? I asked moms of little ones, moms of those who have lost little ones. I've asked moms of those adult kids like me. Oh, y'all were tough. Let me tell you. And here are some of the words that they have for you on this Mother's Day 2020. Happy Mother's Day. As a mom, it's okay to take time for yourself and to just be. Moms need time too. We need to take care of ourselves to take care of our families. Remember, it's okay to take time for you and just be. Mom, give yourself grace and encouragement when it comes to parenting. Give yourself permission to let go of the guilt and shame. We were not called to be perfect but to show grace toward ourselves and our little one. And if you can't give grace, give space, because you are not expected to do it all without help. So be kind to yourself. Reach out. That's the path of becoming a brave woman. Hi, Sherry. This is Rachel calling from Djibouti. And my words of wisdom for women across the world is that we need to be courageous enough to talk about all the hard things and courageous enough to really delight in all the beautiful and good things. As moms, we are so hard on ourselves and can think we aren't doing enough. For example, on one occasion, I felt so down on myself for not going anywhere with the kids, but at bedtime, they said it was just such a great day because they stayed in their pajamas all day. It was such an eye-opener. We just need to know that as long as our kids feel loved, that is enough and that we are enough for them. Every couple of years, as they mature more, it gets a little bit easier, especially for those moms with little ones. Love them now while they step on your toes. For later, they may step on your heart. And it really just hit home that my kids were going to grow up and I would never get the chance to love on them like I could in this moment. Growing up, it wasn't my favorite phrase, but as a parent, it is, and that's nothing to it but to do it. No time like the present. Just dive in and get it done. There is nothing to it but to do it. A special, special thank you to my mom friends, Jennifer, Gregishka, Rachel, Candy, Aaron, Michelle, and Julie, for sharing those thriving thoughts of wisdom from one mother to another. I do hope you've been blessed by their words. Stay tuned to the end for some more, I promise. But for now, I am super excited and honored to introduce you to my guest today, a very special guest, the one and only mother of me, mother of Dr. Sherry, Shirley Yoder, my dear mother, brave enough to come on the show with me, face the hard questions, and just have a good time. I'm so blessed to be able to bring my mom on the show and have this recording of our conversation forever and ever. So mom, thank you so much. I love you. Happy Mother's Day 2020. Listeners, lean in and listen to my conversation with my mother, Shirley Yoder. Did you catch my live on Facebook last night? Not last night. Did you have one during the day? Well, I did one on Dr. Sherry yesterday, but then I did one last night on my personal page. No, I didn't see that. Oh, this is fantastic. So I did a live and I was like asking people um, what questions I should ask you. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> did anybody respond? Oh yeah, yeah. I got yeah. A, I got some good ideas, so we'll get to those in a second. But anyway, how are you faring, Mother dear, in all of this COVID nineteen madness? I'm faring very well because it really doesn't bother me at all. I love staying at home, and I love just finding things to do. 
Yeah. So what are you doing? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. So for the people listening, this is my mother, Shirley Yoder. And um, against her will, I begged her <laughs> to come on the show and do this episode with me for Mother's Day. So thank you for doing that. It's kind You're of welcome. like, yeah, it's kind I'll of like- i not to embarrass you. Oh, please. You can't embarrass me. I mean- do you, I do this like all of the time. I'm sure you've heard like my bloopers and I should make an entire blooper reel of this stuff. But okay, so the tables have turned, right? Because it used to be you like making, asking me to do stuff. And now it's like, okay, mom, I really need you to come on the show and you're going to grill me like I used to grill you. Huh? <laughs> Did you grill me? Where have you been? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, right, right. Where have you been? What have you been doing? I, you know, so that, that reminds me of, you know, how when, so this is like totally random and completely like not what we're here to talk about, but you know how police officers, when, when they pull you over, well, you probably don't know because you probably never get pulled over do you. Oh, I have been. Yes. Okay. All right. So what do they ask you when they pull you over? For your driver's license and registration. Well, like, like at first, like when you roll down the window. Oh, I don't remember. It's been yeah. so long ago. I, right. Because you're such a perfect driver. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's what they ask you. They're like, where are you coming from? Where are you going? You know, like, do you know how fast you are going? And so if I, and this is not anything against police officers because I love you all and thank you for your service. But if you ever pull me over and I roll down my window, I might be the first to say, where are you coming from? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, wouldn't that be hilarious? Like to grill the police officer? I think it'd be uh, funny. And then I'd probably end up in jail and then I'd have to call my mother, you, and you'd have to bail me out. Well, you wouldn't have to. But. Yeah, we'd probably let you do it out overnight. <laughs> You probably would. You probably would. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I asked you to come on the show because Sunday, today, the day that this episode is airing is Mother's Day yes. and you're a mother. And so I thought who better to have on the show than my very own mother. Nice of you to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It's super, super fun. So, I have some questions that I got from people on Facebook. We'll get to those in a second. But I guess like the first thing I want to ask you, because um, I've recently done a couple of interviews that um, are about, like I did one interview with Lisa Martinez. I'm not sure if you listened to that one. And um, she's written a book on infertility. So her experience of being a mother is very different because she doesn't have children, right? Mm -hmm. But she still sees herself as a mother. And um, and then I have uh, people on the podcast, like from season one, Sarah Ward, and then from season two, which her episode is not yet published, but Kelly Bro, um, who have lost children, you know, as mothers. And so those are very different things. And so I wonder if you can share with us a little bit, um, being a mom of two living children and thinking about for us as women, how tightly woven motherhood is to our identities, you know, like it's like kind of like who we're supposed to be. It's like what, you know, a lot of times in our heads, it's what makes us a woman or doesn't make us a woman as a whole woman as being a mom. So did you always want to be a mom? And how does that tie into your identity of yourself? Big question. Yeah, I always wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Probably when my children were babies or toddlers or just growing mm -hmm. up, I was very much tied into their lives. Yeah. Uh, it didn't keep me from pursuing some of my own dreams. Yeah. Although you did put yourself on, well, maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't. Would you say that you put yourself on hold? Uh, limited. I, like I worked out when you, when you were older, mm -hmm. I worked outside of the home in a limited time. Frame. Yeah. Yeah. When you were younger, I was able to work from my home because I had my home, my own business. So right. I wasn't 
It wasn't like I wasn't using my skills or your my gifts. gifts. Yeah. So you've always found a way to do that. I think that's really important because um, one of the questions that I've asked women, and it's so uncomfortable, like nobody really knows how to answer this question. But um, I, you know, I always talk about if you listen to me for any length of time, and I'm your daughter, so you probably listen to me for a lot of lengths of time. But I always talk about your who and not your what, right? And so when I ask people like, who are you? Tell me who you are. Very often they tell me their roles and very often they'll start with, well, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that. And, um, I think that's just something that society has, um, kind of drilled into us. Mm -hmm. But the issue with that is that when that is no longer, well, not when it's no longer your role, but when the role morphs, when it changes, Right. Because you being a mother of an infant, way different than you being a mother of a five year old in first grade, way different than you being the mother of somebody going off to college, way different than you being the mother of um, an adult child making, you know, irresponsible decisions. Hand up over here. Right. Like, I mean, it's it's your motherhood morphs. And so that means something different over time, I would think. Yeah, it does. Sure. So what do you think your favorite time of being a mom was? Like, what was your favorite season of motherhood? <laughs> and you are so not going to offend me if you if you say not now. <laughs> I was going to ask you when I asked it differently, ask me what my least favorite was. <laughs> well, and, yeah, yeah. What was your least favorite season Probably of being the a teenage mom? years. Oh, yeah. That's a nightmare, right? Yeah. Especially with well, girls. Yeah, girls are definitely different than boys. <laughs> and you, you and I clashed a lot when you were a teenager. I know. Why do you think we clashed so much? I don't think we've ever really gotten to the bottom of that. I think um, we were more alike than we thought we were. You didn't yeah. want to be like your mom at all. <laughs> right. 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 Which is really fascinating because I remember, you know, it's like um, from Shakespeare, um, me thinks thou doth protest too much. Like, you know, if you speak against something too much, it means that's really like a secret desire of yours. So like if I was like protesting against being like you, then I must have really wanted to be like you. <laughs> right. Um, but it's funny that I think I, okay, so here's the psychology behind that. And I'm going to analyze myself for a minute. But I think that it's, you tell yourself and you tell everyone else that you don't want to be like your mom because the truth is you believe your mom is incredible and you can never be like her. That's, I think that's the thinking behind me. Well, you wrote me a letter once to that effect. Right. What did I what did I say to you? I don't really remember, but Well, you brought that very point up, which kind of broke my heart because I didn't want you to be like me. I wanted <laughs> you to be like Sherry. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, um that's a really that's a really valuable topic to discuss because certainly if you and I had that dynamic, there's probably a lot of mothers and daughters out there that have that dynamic, that dynamic. Mm -hmm. So like, can you talk to a mom right now? Like, okay, let's talk to, let's pretend you're back there in that horrible least favorite space of motherhood of mothering a teenage, tenacious, stubborn, irresponsible willful, you know, striving to be independent girl, your daughter, me. Um, what would you tell a mom who's in that space right now? Well, for one thing, moms want the best for their kids. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to see them making mistakes. Yeah. And so probably what happens is we push our children too hard. And try to push our beliefs, our values. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we want to share those values with them. But pushing and sharing are two different things. 
Yeah, so true. So I think if I had to go do it over again, I think I would try to be a little less forceful. Okay. In forging myself into my kids. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, and letting them be who they are, and but just guiding them and coaching them, not yeah. ordering or yeah. ordering is probably not the right word, but I know um, what you're saying. Being strict about things that right maybe weren't all that important to be strict about. Right. Well, and I think um, I think there's such a fear. I actually, this is so fascinating that you're bringing this up. Cause you know, I do that texting thing where I text people and I come up with like a quote and then I, and then I send a text out three times a week Well, I'm preparing to send one out for today. And the quote is helping is not doing. So, and it, it was specifically with moms in mind. Well, really anyone who thinks that they're helping somebody like doing for them or creating an environment that keeps them in a place where they can do that safely. I think all of those decisions and correct me if I'm wrong, mom, but I think all of those decisions from a parent come from a place of like you were saying, you want the best for your kids because you love them, but they also come from a place of fear. Like if I don't do this, if I don't say this, if I don't set up these parameters, if I'm not strict in this area, then this is going to happen. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I I was fearful for, not for my little ones growing up because, you know, they adore you and they, for the most (laughs) part, listen to you. Right, right. (laughs) But when they become teenagers, they're trying to find their own way. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's fear there that right. you don't want them end <laughs> you don't want them ending up in prison or right. doing something that's going to, you know, hurt their own life and what they right. might be best at or yeah. make wrong choices. You don't yeah. want your kids doing that. But sometimes maybe it's good that we allow them to do that because we've made right. our own mistakes. Right. We do. And I think you know, I think of it as this, like And I don't know where I saw this, but I see a lot of, for example, I see a lot of my relationship, um, my current adult relationship, my relationship with God, I see a lot of that in um, how parents can model their parenting. Like, for example, like, I forget in which podcast episode it was. I think it was the one with... um, I think it was with Jesse Kretzer's episode four in season one. And we were talking about um, how there's, how there's nothing God can ever, there's nothing you can ever do to make God love you more or love you less. Mm -hmm. And I think what's fascinating about this fear dynamic is as a mom, as you're talking about like um, fear that something bad will happen. Right. Whereas, Mm -hmm. God is like, okay, I know what's going to happen and hey, I'll be here, you know, hey, I'm back over here when you're done playing around in the fire over there. I'm, I'm right here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the kids, I think, have a fear of losing that love from a parent. Do you think that you ever saw that in your kids? Like, you know, for example, like why do kids lie? Because they don't want to disappoint mom and dad. What, you know, um... Did you see that with Sherwin and I? That she lied? Like, like, did you see that, that kind of fear of like losing your approval or losing your love or? Well, I don't know about losing our love, but yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that would be why you lie because you don't want us to. Right. To know. (laughs) So, oh my goodness, mom, I just have to share this story because, um, and I want to hear your perspective because I don't think we've ever talked about it before. And you're probably going to be like, I can't believe you're bringing that up, but it's relevant. So I was in the dog park the other day and I was telling somebody the story. I don't even know how it came up. Maybe I was talking about parent and how amazing and gracious parents are and how much you don't want to disappoint them. But so when I was 16, I went on um, the trip to... Russia, well, it was then the Soviet Union. This was in 1991. Um, 
Yeah, y'all. I went to communist Russia, like before the wall fell. Right? Like, talk about a parent's fear. Like, what were you thinking letting your 16 year old daughter go to the Soviet Union? You were with the program. I know I was with the program. People to people. Yeah, people to people international. Did that give you any fear or reservation? No, but <laughs> you want me to tell the story? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, tell it as you remember it because I probably remember it differently. Well, I just remember getting a call from the leader. Yeah. That I guess my daughter had outstepped the, <laughs> stepped out of the guidelines. <laughs> and uh, you had to write me a letter of apology. Oh, my goodness. So I was a little angry because, you know, that's a sacrifice right. for parents. Right. To do something like that, to make that opportunity available. Right. So I was a little angry, angry at that time. <laughs> Well, okay. So you were angry because it was kind of like a slap in the face. Like we do this for you and then this is what you go do. Yeah. <laughs> and well, okay. And so at 16, I think it's like, so if I was talking to a parent and I know it's different when you're in it, but like 16 year olds, like that's like, that's their mission on earth is to screw up. <laughs> like that's it. Like that's, you know, like that's what they do because they're not thinking like, so from my perspective, mom, I wasn't thinking, ha ha, take that mom and dad. No, like, I'm sure you Right. Weren't. Right. But that's, but that's the difference. Like as a 16 year old, I was literally all in a world of Sherry. Mm -hmm. Right. And what yeah. does Sherry want right now? And what is Sherry going to do right now? So I think, um, even though you were angry with me, you still showed up at the airport at Newark with flowers for me, which was really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, you know, times like that, um, looking back as a parent, yeah, you look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. I think the other thing that you're talking about, fear, parents having fear. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think is uh, being fearful of, your kid's doing something that's going to shame you. So oh. you don't want your friends to know or, wow, um, you know, your, your specific group of friends or yeah, whoever. And yeah. you want them to think the best of your kids, not right. Find out things that aren't so great. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but that is, um, I think as an adult, you know, something, and, you know, with my work in this thriving thought world and working with women, um, I find that that myth of uh, the myth of, of perfection of, you know, the great kid, the whatever, like it's a lie. It doesn't exist. I mean, we are all fallible in our own ways. We're fallible in different ways. And one of the things that I find to be particularly true in the face of that lie is that what our society teaches us to do is to shame or punish those whose faults are visible. Mm -hmm. Right. I so to, yeah, to shame or punish those whose faults result in but whose faults are apparent like that the faults or the, the, in other words, you get caught, right? Like you get caught and it's apparent that you did something as opposed to, you know, recognizing again, I'll just go back from a relationship with God perspective. Like we're like all of us, we're on literally on the same boat. Like there, there's not an upper deck. There's not a middle deck. There's not a lower deck for, you know, second, third class citizens. We're all the same, but that, I, I think that's just really powerful too, for, especially for the women listening to understand that, um, man, if you feel shame, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your kid or wrong with you as a parent. It means that 
your kid is just one of the ones that had something be visible (laughs) when other people's stuff is under the rug somewhere. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I want to ask you a question. What was your, um, like, what's your most fun memory of being my mom? Most fun memory. I would say something that is very vivid in my mind even yet today. Mm Mm-hmm is uh, I don't know how old you were when we went to Disney World. Okay. Um, well, I don't know how old I was, but I remember that in the we were in the back. What did, was it like a big brown car? Mm-hmm. Okay, big, like big, huge boat, because they were boats back then, with a little like red plastic gun that every time I pulled <laughs> the trigger, it was like, vroom, vroom. Right? Do you remember that? I and, don't remember that. Oh my goodness. So that's what I remember of Disney World. And standing on the hump, this was like pre-car seat days. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Standing on the hump in the back of the seat on the floorboard, probably like leaning up between you and dad going like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Anyway, that's my recollection of Disney World. So my that was my most fun is watching you guys and you in particular had your little ponytails, your little <laughs> ponytails on the side of your head. <laughs> And the first thing they did was make you up as a little clown. Yeah. And you were the happiest little <laughs> looking clown. And I could still see you. And you were just, when you were little like that, you were just always bubbly and hopping around and just <laughs> moving about. So I, that picture's really in my head. Yeah. And then there was a scary one. Oh, okay. For me. And I called myself a dumb mom. Oh, because I couldn't believe I allowed you to do this. You would have been, I don't know, three probably. And do you remember Colleen who used to babysit for you, our neighbor? You know, I, I vaguely, I remember somebody named Colleen, but maybe it's just because you've talked about Colleen. Okay. So anyhow, the fair was going on and she wanted to go to the fair with, with you kids. Mm-hmm. So we did, but I went with her. Like the county fair? Yeah. Oh, okay. When they had this double Ferris wheel. Mm-mm-mm. I let her take you on that. Because I wanted to? Oh, yeah. You were excited <laughs> to go. But you could have easily slipped out from under that thing. <laughs> so what was this mother thinking? Anyhow, so anyhow, this double Ferris wheel stops at the very top. And you and she were sitting there. The very top. No way. I could not believe it. And I I just scolded myself. Oh. <laughs> scolded myself that I allowed you to do that. If you fell out of there, I don't know what I would have. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, was your heart like beating in your chest? Oh, I was so glad when that stopped. I couldn't believe they let you go on like that. <laughs> this was look, this was the seventies, right? Like yeah. they, there were not a lot of rules in the seventies. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So how long did it take you to come down from that adrenaline rush of fear? Well, as soon as you were on the ground, I think I said to her, I can't believe I let you do that. I was probably half crying. (laughs) But I bet I had so much fun, didn't I? Oh, you didn't have a care in the world. (laughs) Right, right, right. I think that, yeah, but that's just another example, though, of like, so in that instance, like you didn't make your decision based off of your own fear. Or did (laughs) the fear not hit you? Yeah, well, (laughs) why? Nothing happened. Uh, Well, by the grace of God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so what's your least favorite memory of being a mom to me? I would have to be honest and say your teenage years. Between 13 and 16. We just clashed so much. I didn't like it. I wanted your dad to take over. (laughs) I didn't know what to do with you is basically what it was. (laughs) It's like I've tried everything. What else can I do with this girl? What was so hard, do you think? Like, what, like, was it like feeling for you know from your perspective was it feeling like um we just didn't like each other that we didn't connect like what was the hardest part about it all cuz i thought you hated me Ugh. 
Well, I probably and yeah, did. So I guess we didn't connect. Way. Well, yeah, yeah, you did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I remembered one thing that um, our science school teacher said during that period of time that mm-hmm. that uh, kind of supported me mm-hmm. as far as, you know, correction and that kind of stuff. Uh, she just said, uh, your kids can hate you now and love you later. Right. They, they can love you now and hate you later. Yeah. I so love you. you try Mama. to be a friend to them. Yeah. While you're trying to train them, but that doesn't work. That's right. Be the enemy. So like, there's the truth. Be willing to be the enemy so that you can be the friend leader. Cause you're yeah, my, but then it, it's very hard when you're yeah. going through that. Yeah. So how did you get through it? Did you talk to people? What did you do? Honestly, your dad was my support. Yeah. He kept perspective. He. Like um, she'll come around, honey. <laughs> no, no. He just, <laughs> he was just uh, calm, cool and collected. <laughs> right. Right. I love it. Well, I love you now. So I'm I not. Gl- you do. I'm I love not- you too. I'm not glad I hated you before, but I think that's like, I mean, and obviously that's probably something that I felt, but not something I believed, right? Like there's, cause you wouldn't really know what that even means at that age, but um, I don't think you would know what that means. So I have to ask you, I want to switch gears here for a sec. Actually, let me go back to something and then I'm going to ask you some questions that people wanted me to ask you. So I want to go back to where you said you kind of limited yourself or limited what you were doing because I, you know, I very clearly remember like you were always there. Like you were there when we got home from school. Like it wasn't until, but you were even there when we got home from school, maybe until high school. Yeah, I was, but my jobs were flexible. So yeah, I had great employers who were family oriented. Yeah. And do you feel like that's changed for, for moms now raising kids that age now? Do you feel like that flexibility has changed? I can't really answer that because it never has where I worked. Okay. I don't, I really don't know because I've always worked in the church world. So it's like they get that. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe, but, but surely you had friends with kids that worked outside of the home. Did you not? Uh, sure. I don't recall that anybody was upset about not being able to be with their kids. I think most of them were able to, especially if they were sick, yeah. to um, attend to them. Yeah, I think it's, um, man, we could, we're going to have to like do more of these because I have so many questions for you. But um Going back to the limiting piece, you limited yourself, but you have also always been, in my opinion, like, you know, just the older I get, the more I recognize how um, uh, my word for you is progressive. It's probably not your word, but I use the word progressive because I feel like you've done a lot of things in your life that pushed the envelope yourself, like compared to your family. I mean, you were one of 12. Um mm-hmm. You have a college degree. I mean, can you, um, like, didn't you and dad exchange rings at your wedding under the table or something? (laughs) We did. (laughs) Like, did you ever tell your mom that before she passed away? Oh, I'm sure she knew that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't even know if his parents knew we did that. Oh, my goodness. That is like. Insane. We didn't wear wedding uh, veils, veils either. Wedding veils, veils? like veils, yeah, Yeah. like over your face or whatever. But I did. (laughs) Yeah. So, hey, tell us the carrot cake story. No. Why? (laughs) No, that's personal. Okay. All right. See y'all. I can't make my mom do everything. Usually everybody else just says, okay, I'll share my deepest, darkest secrets with you. <laughs> Not my mother. Okay. The only thing with that is you always said it saved our marriage. Which we, you would tell everybody it saved our marriage, the carrot well, cake. Well, I, 
I like I said, I always tell stuff wrong, but I tell it from my perspective. So is it really wrong or you know? Yeah, we weren't married at the time. Right. But anyhow. Well, right. It saved the future marriage. Anyway. Okay. No carrot cake story for you listeners. Just go buy some carrot cake and eat it. <laughs> Be happy. All right. Um, so and you finished your college degree when? How old were you? Fifty. That is so awesome, Mom. I did my first two years when right out of school. Of yeah, Britain. you got your associates. Yeah, I got my associate degree. When you were younger. Uh-huh. And then um, when I was done at Friendship Village, our family business, I uh, decided to go back and try to get my CPA. Yeah. So till I was finished with my schooling at age 50, um, they had changed the rules that you had to now go ahead and get a um, master's degree. Yeah. I was done with it. Right. So I never <laughs> took get my CPA, but I've been, been in accounting all my life. <laughs> right. right. That's enough for me. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I love that about you. I love that you pushed through and that you kept doing that. So I'm going to get to some of these questions. Some are funny and some are serious that people ask me to ask you. Okay. So this one is from... <laughs> This one's from Kevin Beachy. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Kevin says, who was who was easier to raise, you or your brother? <laughs> he wants oh, to know. Kevin. No, you know better than this. <laughs> <laughs> you being a preacher. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like don't incite riots. Yeah. Well, in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter was harder to raise ah, than the son. <laughs> yes. I get difficulty points. Yes. Well, right. And that is why when men pick on me for having a podcast for women, because we are rough, we are hard. <laughs> we sometimes we make a lot of sense and sometimes we make no sense. All right. Well, that's fair. I, and that's what I told him last night when he asked that on the live. I said, I bet you she's going to say I was harder. <laughs> um, so, all right. Thank you for answering. So honestly, Mother Dia. All sure. right. Amy, this is a serious question. Amy Hammontree. Do you remember Amy? Amy Hammontree is um, married to Paul Hammontree, who was pastor at Calvary Christian in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, when I was there for a year. Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. She was the pastor's wife at my church down there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she asks this, how, and I'm like, this just got real. How do you want to be cared for when or if you are not able to live independently anymore? That is a hard one. You know, I've I watched know. my mom do that. Watching Sanford's mom yeah. at home. Um, my preference would be in my own home mm -hmm. and have my kids hire somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but if I needed to be in a nursing home, that's what should happen. Yeah. So is that written down somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it on video here. <laughs> This is true. All right. This is binding. This is, well, we'll ask Sherwin, my brother, the lawyer, if this is binding. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So that's interesting because I was having another dog park conversation the other day about aging parents and we were talking about COVID and all that. And I just said, you know, it's, um, I am concerned about my parents, which is why I haven't been able to see you. And like two months because maybe I'm a carrier of COVID and maybe I'm just not sick and I don't want to give it to my parents. Right. But, um, but it's a reality. And I said, you know, I feel like I would move heaven and earth to, to make sure that both of you guys stayed at home. Yeah. Looking back, you know, especially with my mom, we girls talk about it a lot, that somehow we wish we could have made a way. Hmm. But, oh, but it she wasn't. Go ahead. She wasn't in like a nursing home for the majority of her 
ill her her later years was she she started out she was there for um she was 98 when she died um she was there for probably 15 years not in the nursing home itself right right she was in like a little apartment her own little apartment and then she moved into assisted yeah and then when she could no longer be alone right she went into the nursing part yeah so you would say she said here's what she said to us yeah she always told us she did not want to be a burden that she uh did not want to live with us but after we moved her in and she went to the nursing part Mm -hmm. she felt betrayed by us Hmm. like we just dumped her there How, how did you did she tell you that yeah she's you know, as you progress in age, and your mind is, you and just your don't mind care is there anymore. Yeah, your mind is not thinking like it used to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She. That's heartbreaking, Mom. And that's why after after we moved her there, she was okay with you know the first couple parts, but when she got into the nursing home, I think she felt like, you know, we just put her there. Wow. And that's when we girls began to feel guilty. Yeah. And wish we would have found a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think what's good, though, is that you come from such a large family that she had a lot of her kids with her. Frequently. She did. You know. She did, yeah. but she didn't remember that. Well, later. As she got older. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't remember that. Um. Well, I will, I will move heaven and earth and all the people listening across six continents right now, listening to this message. Hold her to it. Hold me to it. That's right. Okay. This one comes, um, this one comes from my friend, Bethany Syverson, and she asks, what are you most proud of as a mom? In regards to you or anything? As a mom. As so I guess, I guess it would be in regards to us, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you as a mom in relation to us, your children. Yeah. Well, number one, this is most important to me and it was the most important all the way through your lives growing up. And is that, uh, you recognized that, um, Jesus died for you. Yeah. And that, um, you were I guess that you're both living that now. Yeah. To me is the most success. Okay, so right, it is a success. Um not th- not that cuz you each had to make your own choice. Right. Right. Yeah. But that no, means a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the eternal security that you can't provide with that. And and I'm proud of both of you for what you're doing with your lives. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I think, <clears throat> like, I just think it's really crazy that, you know, education, I don't remember. I mean, I remember you desired for us to have a good education, but education beyond high school, I don't recall as being a priority in the home. Like, Growing up, I don't remember us. Like, I remember it was just kind of like, that's what we're going to do, right? We're going to go to school after we graduated high school. But I don't remember it being that um, big of a deal. And so then now you have, you know, a daughter with her doctorate and a son with his Juris doctor. Um, That's like pretty impressive. I think we just gave it over to God and allowed him to plan your lives. Yeah. We can talk about um, how to send your kids to college in another episode. My goodness. (laughs) Not so easy. Not so easy. Okay. My friend, funny question. (laughs) My friend, Cindy Patino says, why are, (laughs) she says, what, like, why am I your favorite? (laughs) Did I say you were? No. I just had to throw that question in there. That's so, so funny. You can't have favorites, you know. That's right. You can't. And they're, and you're different. Each each child is different. Right. Absolutely. 
Okay. That was a funny one. Okay. Um, this is a really, really good one as we're getting closer to closing out here. Uh, this will be the last question that I ask you. Um, this is from your niece, Barb Metzler. Mm-hmm. And she says, how do you feel about the world your grandchildren face? I hate it. That's how I feel. Oh, wow. And she I, just said that out loud, out loud on the podcast. She hates it. I think they are facing challenges that will be unbelievable. Yeah. Like, what do you think in particular? <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot more government control. And mm-hmm. it's not something that's going to ben- benefit them at all. Yeah. It's going to control them. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be another revolution? Well, I guess it's possible. Yeah. Very, very possible. Yeah. Dep- it depends. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to answer that. Yeah. No, that's okay. You don't need to answer that. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not political pundits here. We're a mom and a daughter talking about the future of the world for the younger ones. So, mom. I wanted to tell you a very special happy Mother's Day this year. And I just, I never knew that for Mother's Day of 2020, I would be interviewing you and putting you alive on my podcast. Yeah, I never dreamed I'd accept that or permit <laughs> it. <laughs> so thank you for doing that. And you have a little surprise coming in the mail. It's not Apple House Donuts. It's something different. <laughs> so, <laughs> they were good. Oh, good. I'm glad you guys liked them. Um, but fresh. <laughs> not fresh. Well, I know because it took them a week to get there. But yeah. um, anyway, um, I'm glad that you got them. So um, as I close out the show, as I ask every guest, and you are no different. You don't get out of this. <laughs> so I ask every woman that I talk to to please leave the women listening with one truth that you want them to never forget after this conversation ends. Well, as a mother, I would say choose your battles carefully and wisely. And if it's not that important, maybe <laughs> don't make that a battle. Yeah. And, um, Choose your just battles. to choose your battles wisely, and by wisely I mean important, important yeah. things like moral issues and stuff like that. That's yeah. that'll be part of their their uh, makeup as they grow older. Right, right. So really leaving the duckling imprint on them, the mama duck imprint. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, mother. What are you going to do with the rest of your day? Miss retiree. Uh, probably continue purging. Oh, that's always a good thing. But the frustrating thing is there's no place to go with the purge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't purge anything that I might want. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping I'm keeping an eye out for that. I, I think things I'm, well, there are some that are yours that I'm marking your name with, but there are, most of the stuff just needs to go. Yeah, yeah, well. Soon enough, Mama, I will be able to come and see you and give you a big, giant hug. Until then, I love you very much. Thank you for coming on the show. I love you. Everybody have a happy Mother's Day. Take it straight from my mom right to you. Pick your battles, right? That's great advice. Hey, listen, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with my mom. Isn't she precious and priceless? I am so grateful every day to God for putting me in her home for making her my mom. And I can't wait when this COVID mess is over and some of the restrictions are lifted to drive on up to Pennsylvania and give her a giant hug. Mom, I love you and happy Mother's Day. Now, here's some more great mom wisdom from some more of my mom amazing friends. Happy Mother's Day. I have a great Mother's Day tip for you to remember those moments that you never want to forget. So keep a journal or keep a jar where you write memories down that you can look at when your kids are long gone and grown and have wonderful, fun memories of the times you spent together. 
I think as mothers, we have such high expectations of ourselves, and a lot of it's driven internally, but there's also an external factor. Uh, you know, there's societal pressures that tell us that, you know, we need to be uh, this or that, and I think, you know, our children can see that as well. You know, we need to be understanding and forgiving and gentle to ourselves and other mothers. We all come from different places. And once we're able to kind of do that effectively, um, you know, and have the freedom to do that, our children can sense that as well. And then it will allow them to grow into the individual, unique individual uh, people that they are. We must remember we are all human. We all make mistakes. I've written letters of apology to both of my children. I have genuinely asked for forgiveness. It healed our relationships. Moms love you. Moms make mistakes. Be the bigger person. Take the high road. Dig deep. Apologize. Give grace. Forgive yourself. Receive forgiveness. We are human. Thrive. On this Mother's Day and forward, thrive. Hello, Carrie Spencer here. Mother of one, daughter. She's 30 years old. It's so hard to believe. Seems like it was yesterday. They handed her to me. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just went with it. Made a lot of mistakes, had a lot of victories, a lot of amazing, magical moments, giving... A child life was my greatest accomplishment. You can love your kids and you can love being a mom. And it's totally okay not to like every single minute of the journey. Hi, moms. My name is Sarah R. Ward. And one of the things that really helps me as a mom is to make sure that I have some quiet time alone. Now, I'm an introvert, so I like my quiet time. But whether you're an introvert or extrovert, knowing your needs and making sure that you're meeting them away from your kids is really important for refilling the well. Happy Mother's Day. This is Jesse Kretzer. And my advice is the best gift you can give to your adult children is to have your own life that does not revolve around them. Stay connected and engaged with them, even if you are always the initiator. Use the latest technology and the most old-fashioned means to show them that you love them, you care, and you're here. Thank you, Beth, Lisa, Journey, Carrie, Kimberly, Sarah, Jesse, and one last one from my friend Gina. No matter the stage or season, no matter the age of you or your child, and the doubt that will try to cloud your mind, know that you are designed and made to be their mom. Let love lead the way and trust everything you need is within you. You've got this, mama. You heard it right here. You've got this, mama. Hey, listen, friends, thanks so much for taking the time to tune in today. I know your hearts were encouraged. I know your minds were refreshed. Please do share this episode with a friend, a mom that you know who needs some uplifting encouragement today. Hey, listen, moms, happy Mother's Day 2020. We love you. You're needed. You're necessary. We value you even when you're getting kicked in the shins. All right, my friends, remember, speak truth over the lies so you can thrive in any and every circumstance.